I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is BetQL Daily from BetQL. All right, hold on. So Jeremy Kahn, Cody Decker here. <laughs> you talked about what we talk about in the commercial breaks, and I know there's other stuff we're supposed to do, and we're going to get to some of these other college basketball games. You were talking about working out, lifting weights. You still do quite a bit. Um, lot, yes. Can you talk about this injury you had? Yeah, of course I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we were, in case you guys don't know, well, obviously you don't know because we were in a commercial break, but Jeremy and I started talking about specialized training and how weightlifting is done these days. And I'm explaining, I was kind of explaining about how, you know, specifically baseball players are more athletic and legitimately stronger physically than they've ever been. And I'm including the steroid era. I know you look at a Mark McGuire or a Jose Canseco at the time, like, well, there's no way that guy looked like Bill Goldberg back then. Yeah, he looked like it and he was very strong. But the guys that are playing now are overall more strong. I mean, you put you you, you put Giancarlo Stanton in a deadlifting since Mark McGuire in his prime, Giancarlo Stanton's going to lift 500 pounds more. Like they're ridiculous now. But I mentioned to him that I, uh, to Jeremy, that I got a little bit of an injury. I'm like, yeah, I just started working out last last week again for the first time in weeks. Like I had an injury. He's like, oh, how bad was it? Like, yeah, it's not that bad. I just got impaled on a spike fence. And then the music started playing, and he said, that, that was the best part because like you're like, yeah, I got impaled by a fence, and I'm like, welcome. <laughs> back i can't start this way no i need to find out <laughs> so what happened did you fall did you slip or something okay or? okay this is this is this is the full story so i have i have a retractable gate in my driveway that has brass spikes at the very top of it that look like florida leaves you know basically like the uh mm-hmm. the saint's helmet yeah um well, I have a brick wall on the side and I got locked out of my house and I wanted to get to my garage. So I decided I'm going to hop on the brick wall, which is higher. And that's not a problem. I've done this thousands of times. No big deal. And as I jump on the brick wall, my shoe, which is the shoe I'm wearing right now. So if you're watching on Twitch, you can see this shoe has literally no tackiness whatsoever <laughs> left on it anymore. My shoe slips off. I fall off the wall directly onto the spiked Florida Lee brass fence and I get a stab through my right arm into my chest and I'm like hanging on it. I had to like do a pull up, get myself off the ground. And I got like 30 stitches and man, it's a hell of a scar. It looks like I got attacked by a shark and I won. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, now it's just a cool right. story about me falling off a fence onto another fence. And I look horrible without a shirt on. No, it, it's a great story. Are you going to roll with the shark story though? Like, yeah, I got, Absolutely. I was out surfing. Oh, it's beautiful. Just because I that thing up. Yeah, yeah, I used oh, to be really? a surfer. So yeah, I used to surf all the time. But then I, you know, then I grew up and couldn't spend the two hours that it takes to get down to the beach, which is only like two miles from where I'm currently at. So I just, uh, it, it was an accident. I had, I got away lucky. I can't stress this enough. I walked away from this 
as lucky as can be. No major organs got hit, no major damage to muscle groups. I just had to basically be bedridden for like a week and a half to a month. And you know what? Now I'm good. Full range of motion. Look at me. I'm strong. I'm ready to do some fighting, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's funny. Like, so the same thing you're talking about, how a story can grow and you can change it up. But I played in a flag football tournament, like really highly competitive, uh, competitive flag uh, football league. And it was this tournament that the winner got to go play at M&T Bank and uh, the Raven Stadium here in another like larger tournament. So we actually won, but before the tournament started, somebody threw a pass and somebody tipped it and it hit me on the finger and it knocked my knuckle out of socket. So I'm like shaking my hand. We've all had one of those jam fingers, but this one came out of socket and I looked down. So I popped it back in and had somebody tape it up. We haven't even played a game yet. So I played through it. And then by the end of the day, somebody said, did you hear about the guy that broke his leg and he saw out here running? I'm like, yeah, that was me. They're looking at me like, that was my finger. My finger came out of socket. Not the end of the world. You just pop it back in and play, right? Yeah, well, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I couldn't quite. I, I nearly <laughs> sawed off my right arm, so I couldn't quite pop it back in. But luckily, I'm all right. Uh, you know what's funny? You mentioned that injury you had. The worst, one of the worst injuries I ever had playing. It's going to sound so dumb because you know I've separated my left shoulder. I've torn something in my knee. I have had a grade three ankle sprain, which is as bad, pretty much as bad as it gets. The worst injury I ever had was I was catching and a throw to home plate that hit a hit. Uh, bad hop and smoked me in these two middle fingers in my right hand didn't notice anything until i picked up the ball and i looked down the ball was just red i broke both of my fingertips my middle finger fingertips only the tips and knocked off both fingernails it was the worst experience of my life never by, experienced more pain by the way just the tip i like that but the the nerve endings are there <laughs> all your nerves are in your fingertips yeah. So, yeah, and it's one of the more painful things you can go through. I actually had the uh, one another time playing flag football. I had my wedding ring on and had my finger knocked out of socket. And one oh. of the guys there said, have you ever tried the dental floss trick? And you slide dental floss through the ring and then you wrap your finger up like, like a mummy as tight as you can. And then you slowly start to unravel. Each time you unravel, it feels like someone's pulling your finger out of the socket and you have to do it like a hundred times. And I was... It was just so painful. It's one of the ones where you just get tears in your eyes and you just MF it. Like, oh, you can't be what? Just get it done. Hurry up. Hurry up. It, it hurts so bad. But might be a know. problem that my ring's made out of tungsten because if that happens, this ain't going anywhere. Mine's made out of rubber now. So I don't know if people <laughs> it's, can see probably this. The, it's probably yeah. the smarter, smarter move. I, w I, I went with the I went with adamantium like an idiot. My knuckle's so distorted, I have to wear a rubber ring because it doesn't fit on there anymore. Anyway, let's talk some college hoops as we get off the that's rails good. once again. Uh, so some big games coming up this week. Tomorrow, we got Villanova and UConn. I always love when these teams play. I, I love the contrast in styles. I love the style that Villanova plays with. Jay Wright's been one of my favorite coaches uh, over the past like 15 years. Got a chance to meet him here a couple times in Baltimore for an event that they do. And you can't tell me that guy walking into someone's house trying to recruit him. If the kid doesn't love him, the mom's going to say, I want you to go there, honey. Um, just a suave cat, great coach, and this is a phenomenal matchup. And I'm happy to see UConn playing good basketball again. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting game. It's one of the games I'm looking forward to this week, not to mention another thing on this uh, slate right now. Ohio State versus Illinois is something I'm really looking forward to, but that's not even the game that no matter what, I'm stopping the presses. And there's one game this week that I am definitely watching, and that is going to be taking place on Saturday. Oh, we're going to get to that one in just one second. I brought up uh, Wyoming. Wyoming plays on Wednesday night against Colorado State. If you haven't watched Wyoming, tell them you give them a chance because I think this is one of these teams that – it's not being talked about enough because of who they play. I think they're going to be really good come tournament time. So just one that I'm fascinated and interested in. And on Thursday, Ohio State, Illinois, as you brought up, uh, the battle. 
Yeah, Kofi is just so dominant. And uh, when you look at what, what Coburn can do against this Ohio State front, uh, I think that's going to be a fun one. And I like this Illinois team, but they've been a little Jekyll and Hyde this year where they come out and they play down to the level of their opponent or you just watch them beat the brakes off of good teams. Um, so that's one that I'm going to be keyed in on. And I'll let you run through Saturday. Saturday, there's a bunch of good games, but there's one that you specifically have circled. I mean, Saturday, let's look at the number five, Purdue versus Michigan State. Number 19, Michigan State. That's going to be one hell of a ball game. Uh, obviously, number two, Auburn, 16, Tennessee. But the game that I'm really, really jazzed about, I mean, number six, Kansas, number seven, Baylor. That is a very evenly matched up game, I think. Not to mention that you and I both believe Baylor is better than number seven in the nation right now. I think this Saturday they're going to get a great chance to prove it. And if they, and then that is, of course, assuming they take care of business tonight, which they better. Yeah, and, you know, those games too. Kansas is such a good home team. It's a really hard place to win. Baylor's the same way. And if you've watched in the Big 12, whether it's Chris Beard going back to Texas Tech and basically needing armed security around him the entire time or Texas Tech fans traveling to an opposing venue and they're like, you guys got to get out because you're too wild. Uh, it's been There's been some really fun games in the Big 12 to keep your eye on, and I don't think it gets much better than Baylor and Kansas. What do you think about Tech, by the way? We haven't talked about much about Tech. This, this is a team that looks like they can go pretty deep in March as well. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, like, if you go back to the Jarrett Culver years um, when Beard was there and they went to the championship and lost at Virginia, uh, that team was so defensive. They got stops left and right. Uh, it's a very difficult team to, to kind of match up with, and they still run some of the similar style that they have, defensive-minded. And ironically, when we look at a lot of these Big 12 teams, we see teams like Kansas, uh, Baylor, that score a ton. But defensively, they're all really good, and that's why one of the reasons I think it's very difficult to bet totals with those teams because when I'm watching games, like I, if I see Texas playing anybody, like I look, I look at the under. I'm waiting to see if people want to bet the over because sometimes these games come down to a snail's pace where we're looking at halftime and it's 24-22, and you're like, with all this talent, how the hell did you guys not even score 50 points in the first half? But it happens more times than you'd think, and we've even seen it with the Atlantic 10 and, um, and some of the other conferences too where we've had these really slow-paced first halves. So uh, just something to keep your eye on moving forward. But, um, but yeah, I, I like that Tech team. I think they're a difficult matchup, especially if they're at home because their fans are just – they're outrageously good and they're into it. Um, well, here, separate question, kind of getting away from individual teams, and I apologize if I'm taking you away from your next point. No. Um, which division Which division in college sports do you think is really going to show up in March the most? Do you think it's going to be the Big Ten? Do you think the Pac-12 is going to uh, kind of reign supreme when it comes to the tournament this year? Uh, ACC, are they going to make a splash? Who's the, what's, what's the actual conference to really watch this March? Um, ironically, as much as I've talked about the Big Ten and uh, the Big 12, it might be the SEC. Auburn, sure. Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, you start looking, Florida's not an easy team. Arkansas's good. Uh, you know, I could sit here and go on and on with this conference, and I, I think we're we might get nine or ten teams, uh, depending on how it breaks down. Because, honestly, if you take a long look at the ACC and you mm -hmm. go, okay, it's Duke, and then who else do I trust? I think North Carolina's good, not great. Um, I think uh, Notre Dame's good, not great. Syracuse is another. I mean, there's a couple of those teams in that mix. Georgia Tech, like Virginia, are you buying in? Virginia Tech's another team that I like, although they, they lost to North Carolina this weekend. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the ACC is having a really down year. And I think when we talk about the Pac-12, you brought up the three teams that would concern me if I was anybody else. It's USC, UCLA, and Arizona. Other than that, and I'm not trying to dismiss anyone, I don't know that anyone really scares me. I'm not saying that they couldn't make a run. But you don't think Oregon is kind of an interesting well, team? 
a lot of people like Oregon. I left Oregon out of the mix. You're right. Yeah, they, they should be included in there as well. Um, but I, I haven't I haven't been on Oregon much this year. Not that they couldn't make a run. We've seen them do it in years past. There's definitely athleticism and talent there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how and it breaks still, down. The, and still, the in my humble opinion, the best-looking college or pro floor of any basketball court in the country is Oregon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, they look. They got a ton of money backing them up there to make that thing look yeah, pretty, right? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, it's so nice. Well, let me ask you this though, Gonzaga, um, because they're loaded. But they're, you know, they're they don't get battle tested throughout the year because of the conference that they play, and they they do play yeah. some tough teams out of conference. Are you buying into them? If I gave you Gonzaga or the field, who are you taking? I'm taking the field, and it, and I it's because too. of that. I just don't. Every year we hear about the powerhouse that is Gonzaga, but at the end of the day, they're at the WCC, and that's just not a powerhouse conference. And who are they playing? And they always they always get battle tested in March. And when it comes to the middle of March, they're always knocked out last second. It's always by a UCLA. It's always by a Kansas. They always get beat by the teams that are stereotypically there. And I think they're always going to be harmed by the conference play that they always have to play. They lost a ton, and they still have so much talent. By getting Chet Holmgren and you mix him in with Timmy and, and the rest of that group, like Kispert went off, he's on the Wizards. Uh, you know, Jalen Suggs is on the Magic. We saw multiple players come off of this team and go to the NBA, and they're right back where they should be at the number one team. I do think they're the best team in college basketball, but I wholeheartedly, and, and tell me what you think, buy into what Michigan State does. Tom Izzo will play anybody anywhere. He knows his team's going to be good enough to get in the tournament. He doesn't care if he's the 10th seed or the one seed. We'll play whoever's on our schedule. And by the way, when we get there on a neutral court, I know my fans travel and I know my players show up to play whoever. So I don't care where I'm seated. It's like an I, interesting, it's it's like two different theories that both are neither are wrong. Cause are you going to play the RPI way? Are you going to go and, you know, take on the highest ranked teams and try to beat them and, you know, give up a few more games than you probably should? Or are you going to, you know, load yourself up with a couple of quote unquote cream puff teams early in the season just to get those early victories out of the way? You know, I'm inclined to believe if you know your team's going to be in the tournament, I want my guys out there taking on the best teams in the country. But you are playing with fire when you're doing that. It actually happened to me at UCLA my senior year. We missed the playoffs by one game. It was the only season I didn't make the playoffs. But our RPI was through the roof. We finished 500, but every team we played were in the top 25 all season long. So we beat top-of-the-line teams, but we also lost the top-of-the-line teams, and we ended up losing 14 one-run games that season. So it's really wow. just a matter of... Man, what are you going to do? Are you going to go for the RPI or are you going to go for the record? Because it doesn't seem like you can do both. I, I agree with that with the Power 5 schools. But with Gonzaga, like 
to me, they're a team that's always going to win their conference, right? They're not going to have a down who's, year and lose their conference. And who, even if they lost take them out. Yeah. Even let's say they lost their conference tournament and they don't get the automatic bid there. You know, they're going to be invited to the tournament. They, they just are. So, and this leads me to my other question when it comes down to it, because this has always been brought up about Mark few at Gonzaga. Like, do you, would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or the small fish in the big pond? Do you push yourself? Do you like, what would you do if you were Mark few? Would you stay at Gonzaga? Or would you try to go build elsewhere? Cause he's had the number one team in the country the past two years. I'd stay at Gonzaga because at the end of the day, if you win in Gonzaga, you are the man. You are the one that did it. Like, no one else can do Like, there's something about taking a team that shouldn't be a powerhouse. And it's very unique in basketball because what is Gonzaga good at outside of basketball? Same with, like, someone like Villanova that you just spoke about. What is Villanova good at outside of basketball? There's something, too, that it kind of feels like those type of teams are pretty special. Well, I'll give you one better. Do you, like – how many people out there do you think know where Gonzaga actually is? <laughs> so I, I know it's in Washington State. Yeah. It's, that's all that's, I got. Well, that's that's my <laughs> point. It's like you look at a school like that and you bring up uh, – and they're a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse in basketball. Most people don't even know where the hell it is. Um, you know, but you look at some of the other schools around uh, – and, and they would have the option of moving to a bigger conference if they chose to do so. But, again, big fish, small pond, you get to dominate as much as you want. So it's hard to tell them not to do that. You know, All right. At the end of the day, the only team that can even touch them seems to be ever San Diego State, and they can never touch them. No, it's it's just it's too difficult because they're so loaded. They they got the number one prospect in basketball to come there, so you know they're going to be good. All right, we got a lot more to finish this show up with Cody Decker, Jeremy Khan. Up next, we finish off the show with our best bets of the night. Got a couple doozies for you. Stay tuned right here on the BetQL Network. Hey, it's Joe Gillier from BetQL Daily, 9 to noon Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip. BetQL Daily, you better you bet, and bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network.